He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. Andy Hall's giving Laser Hellraisers his plus one. An exclusive conversation you won't hear anywhere else on today's edition of Hall Access. In just a second, special guest joining me from a great distance via the Laser Hotline will be none other than Avatar frontman Johannes Eckerstrom. One of the most recent additions to our concerts and events calendar at Laser1033.com. Cannot wait to have these guys back in town. Johannes, great to hear from you, man. Good to hear you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for your time today. Oh, I'm happy to. Thank you. Especially cool knowing you're in Oslo, Norway, where it's several hours later than here. And I know for a fact that any free time you've got is precious. So thank you. Oh, it's an absolute... Really, it's a pleasure. Thank you for putting the good word out there. Absolutely, man. The greatest metal circus on the planet is coming to town September 16, a Saturday night show at Woolies with Avatar. The Chimp Mosh Pit Tour also features Orbit Culture and the Native Howl. Be great to have you back in Des Moines, Johannes. It will be, and with that lineup, whole, oh, we're on American radio. I mean, holy moly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Self-edit. No, but really, those with, it's an amazing lineup. I mean, I, I feel shamelessly confident in us being better than we have ever been before on stage and uh, and we go with to other bands that really bring it as well so it's it's going to be a magical time and uh, i always fun because i don't know we always the topography feels like home uh, so <laughs> we we feel good when we're around there oh that's cool right on dance devil dance is the band's ninth studio album came out earlier this year the dirt i'm buried in now officially inside the top 10 on the active rock charts i noticed just today which is a notable achievement congrats on that thank you yeah yeah never happened before we never you know if you are scandinavian kids in a concrete basement with unkempt hair growing up you know doing that whole you never you didn't we didn't expect to gain attention through radio so the fact that it happens it's uh, kind of yeah it's special man it's nice to break your own records i know success isn't easily defined in this business but there's no doubt avatar's reach and fan base has grown exponentially just in the past few years here in the u.s for a band yeah. that's been at it for over 20 years in total are you getting a sense of what things specifically are connecting with people in recent times it's a that's a good question you know the, you kind of think always in hindsight that oh yeah it's because this and this and that but uh how how we end up there you know you don't know beforehand all i know when it comes to what i feel is the recipe for our success is we do this truly as friends truly as brothers you know and that bleeds into how we write how we perform how much we are willing to perform and stay out there and do our thing. It's all because that sense of brotherhood that we have within the band is so strong. And I, I, I think that's a key thing, you know, like then, of course, we deeply care about, about what we create. And we figure that if we like it, at least two more people in the world might like it. But you don't worry so much about that part, I think. It's, that is a healthy thing figured out, you know, growing up is those who get it, they will get it. Those who don't get it, they don't get it. And that's perfectly fine, you know. Mm-hmm. The only people who truly have to live with this with whatever we put out there for the rest of their lives. It's us, even the producer, you know, Jay can blame us at the end of the day if it turns out poorly. Yeah, I'm a total geek for this stuff. Uh, speaking of the creative process, what's yours like? Like uh-huh. when song or lyric ideas come to you, Johannes, do you have a way of banking them to work on later or do you have to explore whatever it is in the moment? No, it varies. It's, I think 
another kind of like with how we work, because we are, you know, we all share credit on each song at the end of the day, because the way we see it, there are three of us in the band who is, uh, that start songs, our song starters. And sometimes you get it to 99% before you show it to the others, so sometimes you get 1%, you know, just a loose idea. But then we finish it all up together, and uh, that the dynamic of where the most result is found, that varies a lot. That, yeah, you know, you have a little collection of stuff you mumble into your, you know, record on your phone, and uh, then more ambitiously putting stuff together on the computer, bits and bobs, I like... Uh, and same goes for lyrics. Notes on the phone, notes by scribbled on the back of receipts, or then also a more ambitious compilation of things on the computer. I just, it's kind of chaotic, really. Mm. But no matter what it is in that sense, it's, I think, uh, 99 times out of 100, it's first, it's a riff. Then that other 1% can, you know, switch around between that it's a drum beat or, or a piece of lyric. But it's rare that it's like that. It's just... It's heavy metal, man. It's all about the riff. And then when you have the riff, you figure out what the drums are supposed to do with that riff. Mm. And then if you do that right, it should be mind-expanding. And you, when, when you start to see things, you know, when you close your eyes and see those burning buildings while listening to a riff, you know it's a good one, and then you write lyrics accordingly. Everyone's got a different method, of course, and depending on your headspace, your environment, your producer, so many things factor into how an album and its songs come out. And I find it equally fascinating that you guys have recorded, I mean, all over the world. Yeah, absolutely. And, now, um, and every time has been made special because of it. Yeah, so we've done, uh, you know, a private resorty thing in Thailand, We've been in the midst of it all in Los Angeles. We've been to an old castle in Germany and Finnish archipelago. This time we uh, went to the property, you know, my family's summer house, really, uh, out in the woods and just threw out a lot of beds and put in a lot of amps and built our own temporary studio that we did it in. And uh, so far, it's a favorite thing to do. We lived like a little doomsday cult, just the five of us together with Jay. Rustin, our producer, and just, you know, wandered the wilderness and did heavy metal by our lonesome pretty much for a month. God, for you and, personally, I can't imagine uh, that anything could stack up to a personal experience like that. No, it was, you know, it was it was <laughs> uh, beautiful in a way you could think would be detrimental to what kind of music we performed. Mm. Uh, it was also, it, we had a late winter, so it's all snow-covered when we when we arrived and then spring kicked in really and it was almost pretty much summer by the end of that monthly period and we saw that transition out there you know so, and uh, no it, it was good and i gained like gained like almost 20 pounds oh. because of we were six men cooking food for each other <laughs> when there's no one who's bothered by the farts <laughs> oh, that's who does most of the cooking in that place. I mean, you know that kitchen probably better than anybody. You know, I think me, John, and Hendrik uh, did most of it, but everybody did almost everybody did something. Oh, that's uh, hilarious! <laughs> yeah. Johannes Eckerstrom of Avatar is my special guest. We're looking forward to Saturday, September 16. Big show at Woolies that I'm strongly suggesting the Laser Hellraisers buy tickets to as soon as possible once it goes on sale tomorrow. I have no doubt this one will sell out quick, which must feel good, Johannes, uh, seeing that happen virtually everywhere. Avatar plays. Well, 
I don't know if it does yet, but that is also we are. Uh, <laughs> I'm just happy if anyone shows up. Really, it's uh, I'm not over that feeling of like, oh, oh, there are people here, you know. <laughs> and it, and it, it, it really, I mean, it's cheesy maybe to say, but if it would have been 20 people as well, we've done plenty of those uh, getting to the point where we are at now, and we had fun then too, you know. Mm. So it's all good. Speaking of the live show, your reputation for putting on a spectacle night after night, I suppose once you get going, part of it at least is muscle memory, but there looks to be a ton of preparation that goes into even a month-long run like the one we'll be seeing you in September. Compare that sort of planning versus what the band does in studio for your albums. Is, is one more enjoyable than the other for you, or do you provide, or do both provide different levels of satisfaction for you as an artist? Yeah, I think all the things complete each other. That's, you know, the beauty of one of the coolest things as far as just your professional life uh, that comes with being in a band is that you get to jump around that your year a lot of different things goes into it you know for instance when if you hang out and we don't do it like that anymore but back in the day we might have been sitting in the studio while the album would be mastered and you do that for like one maybe two days tops and for that long it's a lot of fun and then we get to leave, and the guy who does mastering has to master another album, but we just have to master one album every two, three years, which uh, makes that very enjoyable and exciting. And same thing, you know, we are songwriters, but then when you kind of are, when you filled your cup with that, then you get to pour it out into the world, playing for people, and, and you know, we get to do our own thing, our headline stuff, most of the time, which is great, but then you head into festival season, which switches around the dynamic and the hang quite a bit, and then maybe open for someone else, and it's all the variation of it is kind of, yeah, one of the sweetest things about doing this. Mm. I love, you know, the history of this band. I alluded to the fact that Avatar's been at this for, you know, more than 20 years at this point. Uh, with Dance Devil Dance, aside from advancing technologies, and of course we talked about the cool environment that you recorded this album in, did you find much had changed from, say, Hunter Gatherer, or even going back as far as something like Black Waltz in terms of how you work through the making of these songs? I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, and that goes for each album that we really try hard to find an aspect, a way of feel different, makes it feel a bit hard, make it treat it as this is a last chance ever doing this, not resting on your laurels and not just, yeah, not repeating oneself. Mm. And, uh, and I mean, we are, as far as danceable dance goes, I think one of the big challenges is with as eclectic as we are, we play around with a lot of influences and we just try to, while maintaining a very old school way of thinking and what makes metal what it is, performance-wise and everything, we still try really hard to write songs you haven't heard. That has been true for since forever. This time, with the eclectic aspect of what we, what we are, it was, make, we were making a point to make each song feel more focused. You know, like it's, uh, I think Hunter Gatherer, for instance, had a bunch of songs that were you know, you can, instead of doing, having three things in one song, making one song is angry and sad and a bit horny, then you make uh, three songs where one is angry, one is sad, and one is a bit horny. And uh, therefore, giving a stronger sense of purpose with each song that then reflects in how it's performed and what it does, what role it plays in your life, hopefully, you know? Yeah, you bet. Because I think uh, there's a problem with modern metal a lot of the time is uh, a lot of it, 
is best enjoyed if you sit down and shut up. And that is not what got us into this to begin with. You know, the, it's all about the, you know, the motorheads of this world, the Judas priests of this world, all of that. That is music that really works at the gym, in the bedroom, uh, uh, in the car, at the party, you know, wherever you put it in your life. And I think some kind of cohesiveness, song by song, uh, brings the functionality, to use a boring word for it, to another <laughs> level. So that was very important with this time, and really prioritizing that and being very hard on ourselves from that perspective um, was a fresh challenge here. I mean, so from time to time it has happened, <laughs> of course, before this. I mean, Let It Burn is a pretty focused song. Mm. Um, but now that was the most important thing. It's all about trying to make our own little British, British steel, pretty much. Dance, Devil Dance, great album, Avatar's ninth. Uh, how involved are you, Johannes, in naming albums and songs? Is that typically you taking that responsibility, or is that a team effort? It's a team effort that usually I have come up with things, especially song titles. Uh, you know, it goes hand in hand with the lyrics. But, uh, well, one standout example that wasn't like that would be Colossus where the whole song was kind of there, but instead of talking of Colossus, I was using this old, um, old Persian mythological figure, Gilgamesh, mm. which everybody thought was a bit too wordy. So that is, so Colossus, the title, and therefore also the change in the chorus came from Henrik in that case. So that also happens from time to time. And I think Chimp Moshpit, I have simply named Chimp. And then people, well, that's, that could be more. And, uh, <laughs> Don't, I guess it was John going through the lyrics and like, you know, you wrote down Chimp Mosh Pit here. That's cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, things like that happens a lot. One final item, Johannes. And again, I can't thank you enough for the time today. Um, and this may be a deeper question, but I mentioned Black Waltz on purpose a bit ago because it was really that album that, at least for me, kind of feels like it set the course for where you're at today, not just in terms of musical direction, yeah. but the artistic direction as well, the live show, costuming, the character you become on stage, all those things. Oh, yeah. You agree Black Waltz was sort of the impetus for the future of Avatar, or do you have a different take on that? No, no, 100%. I think what kind of happens is that, because the reason why we can talk about two decades of this history... Of this band is that this was for most of us uh, our first band, if not our first band, our first really ambitious "let's take over the world" kind of band. And uh, so we started really young, learned how to play, learned how to tune the instruments together. And I think many times in history you will find that everybody starts a band, then and that band is kind of crap, and then the two ambitious guys or girls in that band meet down the street. It's the other band like that and the two ambitious guys or girls in that band they meet up and they become then that really good band that goes places mm -hmm. you know you bet. and in avatar's case those two bands those bands were all the same you know the battle of the band's kids barely could tune their instruments turn into something else over time and we started young uh start to put things out in the world really young and inevitably things changed and evolved along the way but it was still still us, you know, so it was still Avatar. But just Avatar, uh, you know, went from, uh, you know, to turn into a butterfly and that whole thing. Fascinating. Man, I've loved watching your journey and uh, couldn't be happier for you guys where you're at right now. Dance, Devil Dance, the band's ninth studio album available now, well worth a listen. We can't wait to hear some of these new ones live when you're in town September 16. It will be 
so much fun. Like, and again, I, I don't know if it's don't braggy or what it sounds like, but I just, we always enjoyed being on stage, but I don't think I ever enjoyed it more than now because I really think we are pushing the boundaries for, for it. And we, we stay on stage for a long time each night, but it's, I swear it doesn't feel like it. It's a, hell of a ride that enthusiasm is infectious and and that is part of the reason i'm convinced that this band is on the rocket ship right now yeah i wouldn't mind <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your time johannes enjoy the rest of your day enjoy you, norway and we look forward to having you here in des moines iowa on september yeah. 16 my man yeah i'm in the norwegian festival and i'm gonna go watch mayhem right now so it's Everything is very Norwegian, very fantastic. So thank you so much for your time. So cool, man. All right, well, we'll we'll catch up soon, okay? All right, man. Thank you. Take care. Take care.